Through the lens of loving local and seeing global, we obsessively search for people whose stories need to be told and how OKC played a supporting role. Hosted by Katherine Bexton and Emmy Coves, welcome to Action City. Hi. Oh, I'm too close. Richard just told me, don't get so close. Yeah, you can. Oh, I did it too. I know. God, <laughs> we've got this fancy new like microphone stand. We have here. a light on us today. Does it? Can you see the wrinkles more? Can you see the 48-year-old wrinkles? Because it was my birthday on Saturday, oh so now I'm gosh. 48. So was is that the your, light helping or is it highlighting Was that your pit or your peak? Well, here's the thing. Birthdays, I think, are not my peak or my pit necessarily because we really can't do anything about them. They sort of just happen. There's no stopping it. What age did you? What age did you stop liking getting older? I think forty was the like you were yeah. excited to turn forty, and then after that, you're like, all right, that's yeah, good. that was it. I mean, because I, I was, <laughs> I was saying to my mom when my mom was forty eight, I was in college. Like, I mean, I was like a junior in college. Well, but she probably had kids. And now I have a sophomore in high school. Yeah, but she also had. Oh, she also had like a yeah, you know, yeah, fourth grader when I exactly. Was, <laughs> I was gonna say you don't have a fourth grader, so well, that's true. I have yeah, it's actually a really good way to think. Yeah, because I don't have a fourth grader. That's thank God. A, yeah. Somebody the other day was like, "You're a really young mom." I was like, "Yeah, but by my third, you'll be an old mom." Yeah, exactly. I, well, I know. So that was so my birthday. The turning the forty-eight was not the pit or the peak, but the birthday had pits in it and peaks in it like the actual celebrating of the birthday what were the what were the well do the pits first i'll do the pits first okay so we started out on friday i drove my kids to dallas to for them to play field hockey on saturday morning and so we got to dallas late we woke up Mind you, we had been talking the night before that it was my birthday the next day right okay so we wake up we the girls get ready. It was there was some sort of drama around ordering Starbucks, and we were late, and so we didn't order it. Whatever. So we're driving to the field hockey fields. Nobody says happy birthday. Nobody. The, the, they no, it says if it's a regular day. Okay, so there's literally no recognition was that Jim it's with my you? birthday. No, Jim wasn't there. I don't okay. think he would have let that happen. So okay. I'm like, I'm just gonna wait and see how long this goes on. Like so we they just forgot. They. Well, they're very self-centered at ages 13 and 15. So we get to the field hockey field, and I don't know how many people will listen to this podcast. Let's hope. But Neely refuses to get out of the car. We've driven all the way down there. She said she wanted to do this. We pull up to the fields. This is like a whole day of field hockey preparing for the tournament that they're going to be playing in. And Thanksgiving, this is not a team they normally play with. They're putting lots of people together from all different places she will not get out of the car. No. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't end at three. No, it does not. It keeps oh. going. But well, for some kids, it keeps going. So did she was... get out of the car? Nope. Um, so I she took didn't her telephone. Play? I had to go to a meeting. I stood outside. She stayed in the car the whole time. Never got out. Did Gracie go? No, Gracie loved it. Went happy as a clam. Like so. That was a really, oh, it was a no. really hard Saturday. Like just it a hard really parenting hard. day. Yeah, it was a hard parenting day. I'm not going to lie. It was, <sighs> I, I just, I didn't really know where to draw the line between making her get out and and invoking some other punishment for not getting out. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, think I mean, it, that's a tough one because you want your kids to honor their commitments, right? She said she would do it. And then 
but then you also see the kids on the soccer field whose parents are making them be there and they're miserable. And yeah, so where is the line? I think it's all wrapped up in a lot of anxiety. Yeah. And... And so you want to be sympathetic you and empathetic. Be, it's it is such oh, a conundrum so the whole tough. thing about how tough to be, but then sort of how loving to be around that it, it she does feel anxiety around mm-hmm. it. And so I did which doesn't go away even as an, away. An, an adult and, right. if you're in a social like that's social anxiety, right? Well, I she said later it was it was more anxiety around the amount of exercise she was going to have to do. Oh. That it was seven hours of field hockey. I tried to explain to her it wasn't going to be seven hours, but I think she just had this idea that it was 830 to three and she just could not wrap her head around that. And I, I think so. I think a okay. little bit of it was social and then it was this whole. So that really put a damper on my Saturday. But I then I had a very quick turnaround peak. I went to lunch with my brother and then um, one of my like my best friend from high school who lives in Austin, whose daughter oh, yeah. is playing field hockey. So he, I had lunch with him. And then somebody that I used to date in San Francisco, whose daughter is playing on Gracie's team, he was there too. So he came to with, with us. And so it was the four of us at lunch. And we had such a nice time. It was so much fun to catch up. And I mean, it just was like, I was looking at all the different stages of my life, right? Like my right. brother was there, a friend from Deerfield, a friend from San Francisco, and we had such a nice time. Well, that's it good. was great. And really, at the field hockey thing, it was three quarters of the people dropping off were dads. It was all oh, dads. Oh, wow. That's it was interesting. amazing. I mean, I, I said to Jim when I got home, I was like, it was all dads. They're doing the drop-off. They were all talking about the recruiting. The dads are in the know. That's I mean, so you know, interesting. So that was pretty interesting. So that was fun. And then we went to dinner. To Oh, wait. We went to a new restaurant. What? On Saturday night, we drove home from Dallas. And we went to, I don't know how you say it, but it's M-A-D-E-R. Mader or oh, Mader or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's the restaurant, the Laotian restaurant right. that's in the same place where Goro Ramen used yeah, to be. Right, right. And I had wanted to take my birthday group there. And then I was like, wait, that's a bad idea. No, <laughs> listen, no, not everybody's as adventurous as I am. They would have killed me. So, but I went with Lee and Barry. Yes. And they have, you're supposed to eat it with your hands. There was right. sticky rice and this crispy sticky rice salad that was amazing. And beef jerky, which was really more just like little, uh, it was, it was, I thought it was delicious. Really good. Okay. I mean, there's nothing healthy about it. Okay. No, well, I mean, you need to recover from the salt intake for at least a week after okay. that. Okay. Well, that's... So that was great. And then last night, my sweet mom, it's my last peak. She organized dinner. We just went to dinner at the club. We got to sit like in the Fun. little library room oh, and you yeah. could watch them cooking. And and she was so sweet and she had was so excited. She brought me my present and it was something I picked out. Aww. I went to Buzz and oh, said, yeah. I really want a cake stand. I was like, I'm dying for a cake stand. I've been dreaming of this cake stand. I really want, I want this cake stand, whatever. And then I went to BB's <laughs> and they had a cake stand that was a Simon Pierce cake stand that was all glass or all glass. Uh-huh. It didn't have a color to it. And the one at Buzz had a color to it. And I was like, I think I really just want a plain one. So I said to Jim, I want this cake stand from BB's. So Jim oh, he gave got me Buzz. No, but Jim gave me a cake stand from BB's. I had already opened it. And then my mom was so proud of herself because I had picked out this present at Buzz. She went oh. to Buzz. She bought me another cake stand. So now I have two cake stands. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I might have to take one of them back to Buzz and pick out something else. But she was, I felt so bad. She's like, I was so excited. I was on it. I've had this present for three weeks. <laughs> well, but at least I was consistent. Yeah. I really wanted a cake stand. You Can you not do two? 
I don't know where I'm going to keep all this stuff. Well, most people put fruit in theirs, right? Well, maybe I could move one of the cake stands to the back house. Oh, that'd be fun. And then have like cupcakes out there. Oh, maybe the I could do one. that. I should. I could put the one that's color. That's yeah. the colors in the back house. Yeah. Okay, so maybe I'll do that. So yeah. that was the, my pit and my peak. And I really did have a pit and a peak this week. Normally, I forget about the pit, but this yeah. was hard to forget about. Mine was like a very pitful week. Yeah, you did. Oh, I'm so glad you're <sighs> here. The fact that you're even here is an absolute miracle. All day yesterday, we were like I trying just, to find babysitters. I mean, and I wasn't a hundred percent, but. Okay, so my pits, I'm like trying to, should I do them in like chronological order? I had a lot of pits, but essentially the biggest pit was that Huffman had a stomach bug again. So he started throwing up Saturday evening and then it was kind of through the night. He stopped at like 2 a.m. Saturday night. Was the final one. Which, by the way, is, the, is basically you've ruined your whole night at that point. Yeah, I mean, because. 2 a.m. or 4 a.m. is all the because same thing. At the that rest point. of the night, you're just like kind of yeah. alert, wondering. You're like, is he going to yes, again? Like exactly. So then I got my booster on Saturday. So like I wasn't feeling well on Sunday. It was just like we had just been through it. And then on Campbell had gotten like we had, she had stayed home from school. Like it was just one of those weeks. And then just it, it, everybody went yeah. down. Jeff tried to go down. He did. But we for, didn't let him. No, no. He was Sorry, like, Jeff. He was like, I don't really feel that great. And I was like, you're, 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 you're fine. fine. Uh-huh, you're you're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like trying to figure out what I was going to do today with childcare. If Huffman wasn't well enough to go to school, thankfully, he literally woke up the most sprightly, happy kid. He had to do five minutes of yoga because he had so much energy this morning. Oh, wait. Did you say let's do some yoga? Did you yeah. do it with him? Well, Jeff, Jeff, this is Jeff's new thing. So we're trying different parenting things because, you know, Huffman kind of going through a rough time and not in a like a bad way no, and this was like a kid this is it, all the stuff they go yeah through. so this is like so one of the new things that we're implementing is that if he can't calm his body we find a, a way to for him to move his body in a good positive way because it's not hitting where were or you pushing. when my kids were little well this would have been real helpful where was instagram to like where was instagram you know well, it wasn't it um just... so where it's like run around the living room for five times or five minutes of yoga or whatever so we're trying this new thing where we make him move his body in a way that's productive did it work yeah he did his yoga and then he came down and ate his breakfast does jeff do the yoga with him <laughs> he or kind does... of did it was really cute I, that is like I see like a very big person doing yeah. yoga and a very little person. Yeah, doing it was yoga. like they just did down dog and like <laughs> cobra and like that was it. But yeah. is there, did they have a little video or did no, Jeff it's lead just this Jeff, yoga? Jeff led the yoga. No, in it's his very. Work clothes. I love this well, idea. So, Maybe I should do that at my house. So essentially, what we're gonna do is have a bowl, right? Of oh, and so out. you pull out of the bowl. So the bowl will have like five minutes of yoga or two minutes of yoga. Run around the living room five times. Um, I can't remember all the ones we picked. It was like run up the stairs to the playroom three times. Like it's basically like a way for them to physically move their bodies, but it's not pushing their sister or getting upset. So like when we come to the breakfast table, if he cannot sit still, this is like, we're like, okay, why don't you go do this for a couple of minutes? That's basically what they did for Neely in kindergarten because really? she could not sit still. And that's exactly what Mrs. Tolls did. There was like a little treadmill. She could oh, go yeah. outside mm-hmm. and garden. She could go up to the front and help. God, the woman who sat at the front who was amazing. She could like oh, yeah. deliver papers for her. There was something for her she to, to do, do that that's... was movement. And I was never smart enough to implement that in my own house. Well, I think we're just, we're with, in, 
this week, one of the pits, unfortunately, was like Huffman's behavior. It's just gotten to the point where we, yeah, it's too, it's gotten to the point where it's not really manageable for us just doing what we're doing. So we have to pivot. So we did a star chart. So if he behaves two days in a row, he gets a star for every day. If he behaves for two days, he gets a prize. So we're trying different like techniques of reward systems and things like that. But I mean, we're just, listen, it was literally so bad this last week that we had to do it. Yeah. Like I was, you know, crying, like it was bad. So that was like, it was like the health stuff that stuff it just was not good so but we're like i feel like we're they were both kids were healthy today we have a plan so i'm feeling better but last week was very overwhelming and then were there any peaks well so i think the peak was on friday night we went to the zoo lights with oh wait yeah so this was talking about yes our guest with our guest so basically the zoo is doing this i mean I was like joking. I was like, we could be at Coachella right now because of the light show is like kind of trippy. But like the kids were obsessed. So they have two options. You can do a walking through the kids part of the zoo and the dinosaur exhibit is open as well. Or you can do a drive through. So I said, if you're going in a big group, do the walking because then you guys can all be Be together. together. Right. If it's just your family, do the drive through. So we did the walking with another family. It was so fun. The kids had so much fun. We did. I do suggest like it is pitch black except for the things that are lit up. So like Huffman wore his light up shoes so we could see him. And thankfully that one of the other kids had light up shoes so we could see them. But like get your kid a glow stick something so that you can keep track if they're not listening. Um, but then we're going to do the drive-through as a family. So because the drive-through must be in a different part of the zoo. It is. You like go back by the zoo amp. Oh. And you like go through the back of the zoo. So apparently it's too old. Like this sounds like something fun. I love a little I think, family activity. I mean, I feel like y'all could do it if you, I mean, you just have to make, obviously you have to make, you have to buy tickets. Yeah. To make a I think it's like 40 or $50 for per car. Okay. Or $10 a person over three. Gotcha. Okay. So I think, I mean, if you made it fun, like I was saying, like we could, I mean, you know, you, you and Jim can make a cocktail and the girls could have like a right. fun Sonic drink and go through the drive through. Not saying you should drink and drive, but you know what I mean? But yeah. anyway, so the walkthrough. Yeah. The walk. Bring alcohol to the zoo. Probably. Mm, not. probably. Eh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I have a post-drive cocktail. Anyways, I would highly suggest. Okay. Like, it was really fun. And like they did a really tip. good job. Oh, so, let's link it on our Instagram. We will. I'll, I'll post a picture of the kids at it. It was so cute. They loved it. And there were, I mean, it's it's during, it's at, I think it starts at 5.30 when it, it gets, gets dark. 5.30. And so it was something really fun to that's do in the evening. Too. But that's kind of it. I forgot to add on one peak. You guys, Emmy and Huffman and Camel brought me oh, the cookies. cutest cookies from the Cookie Princess. Which is your fave. I-, I can't tell you how many I ate. It's embarrassing. They were so cute. They were little like pants and shoes and a little mirror and it. Well, I a think forty-eight <laughs> and a K and oh my god. She asked me what you wanted and I was like, oh, I don't know, like some like girly fashion stuff. And then she was like, how old is she? I was like forty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. She very still cute. loves an ice an iced cookie. But I am so excited for our guest. I'm re- you guys. It was a really fun we've episode. Known this, you've known this guest. No, well, whole, well, no, I didn't know him in high school or you anything. Didn't know him in high school, just okay. I knew, yeah, I didn't know him. But, but I've known his wife for fifteen years. Yeah, you have, and then she was my co-chair at Boots. So there's a little clue. I know. So there's a little clue. So we're so excited about our guest. 
Clay Taylor is the principal lobbyist of Taylor Capital Group, an Oklahoma City-based political consulting and lobbying firm, and the principal attorney for Clayton C. Taylor Jr., PLLC. Taylor, a native of Oklahoma City, has lived in Houston, Denver, Washington, D.C., Muskogee, and on the island of Aruba. A graduate of Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School, Taylor went to earn a degree from Oklahoma State University in political science and then completed his Juris Doctorate at Oklahoma City University. Taylor has been involved in Oklahoma politics all his life and has made it his profession, choosing to lobby full-time at the state capitol. Politics is the family business, but Taylor branched out early to forge his own path, running 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 a successful congressional campaign before starting his lobbying career. Taylor attended law school while lobbying full-time and has blended a career of lobbying and legal work that allows him to offer clients a full range of services, whatever their needs might be. Representing a wide array of organizations from independent businesses, associations, to large corporations, Taylor continues to focus his lobbying work on helping businesses maintain and create a strong climate in the state. Taylor also boasts strong contacts with members of the Oklahoma congressional delegation and has helped Oklahoma clients navigate federal issues. Outside of politics, Taylor is passionately committed to community involvement in his hometown of Oklahoma City and across the state. Over the years, Taylor has been involved with nearly every major nonprofit and charitable cause in Oklahoma, and most recently serves on the board of Infant Crisis Services and the Men's Dinner Club, as well as being a member of Rotary Club Number 29. Taylor is married to his college sweetheart, Becky, and together they have two children, Josie and Tripp, and they have a third on the way. Taylor and his family are avid travelers and maintain a very active lifestyle between sports and children's activities. Welcome to Action City, Clay. Looking for your voice to be heard? Have a passion and want to share it with those of a common mindset? Have a business or brand that needs to get the word out but don't know where to advertise? Contact Blacken Studios, a full-spectrum, cutting-edge podcast studio that services clients from all over the country. Blacken Studios offers you more than just a podcast. We offer you an experience. In-house production from audio-video recording, editing, marketing, advertisement, and exposure with over thousands of people listening weekly. Blacken Studios doesn't hesitate to back local businesses. So when you want your voice heard, Blacken Studios has your back. Search Blacken Studios on all social platforms. Email at podcast at blackenstudios.com or visit us at blackenstudios.com. And remember, it's Blacken. Clay. Good morning. Good morning to you and to your mustache, by the good way. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. I, I, would, I really want to get down to how did you get to the so mustache? This is this is the Rudy Gobert Memorial Mustache. And there's I, and you may not understand that wholeheartedly, but Rudy Gobert brought COVID to Oklahoma City March oh, 11th of yes. 2019. I, I was at the game. Lots of people were at the game. Lots of people were at the game. And, uh, you know, as a lot of people shortly thereafter, you know, I wasn't going out a bunch and uh, I had never... <laughs> Not shaved. It, facial hair was never something that anybody in my family would look good in or thought we could look good <laughs> in. And, you know, sometime after taking off the mask, you know, like a month and a half later, uh, I just kind of had this mustache. And then all of a sudden, Becky liked it. Becky, well, my wife, liked, ask, yeah. what does Becky think about it? Becky actually enjoyed it. And uh, 
So I didn't really My quite gosh, understand she's so it. Cute. She's the best. <laughs> and I, you know, I didn't quite understand it all until I looked back at some picture of her and her dad from like 1985 or 1987. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. And he still has a mustache. So oh. yeah. it's uh, yeah, there's part of that. And then, of course, Josie, you know, our oh, five year old, yes. it, uh, she fell in love with daddy's mustache. And, you know, that's kind of how it goes. So, so now you're, you're Tom for the long officially. haul. It it has it has survived much longer than anybody ever thought. You know, Marnie Taylor, my my mother, was not a big fan of the mustache. That was the that was the big controversy. So, is she on board now? She's she's come around. I, I think anything Josie's for Marnie's going to be for. Well, so. there we go. Yeah, does, does your mom agree that you look like Tom Selleck? Because that's the word. I'm right. Saying, you right. know, the Tom Selleck, the Tom Selleck comparison was uh, was was one that, that stuck very early. Yeah, we were actually running around shortly there, you know, after the Rudy Gobert incident, we had to go back into the Capitol, uh, you know, even though, you know, the whole world shut down, the Oklahoma State legislature no, going to. did not shut down because they have constitutional mandates that require them to do certain things. Uh, so I had to go back in the Capitol, and uh, as soon as I took my mask off and started showing people this, they were uh, <laughs> somebody popped off and said, "Oh my gosh, it's a young Tom Selleck." So anyway, that was so that, uh, that was that was the best about the best compliment you can get, uh, you yeah, know, during the middle sure. of it was a pretty pretty interesting time. So a wild time, yeah, it was yeah. wild. Well, we're glad you kept the mustache. Well, thank it you. looks good. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah nobody uh, nobody can see it. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have. Oh, wow. We'll get your head screen or your. Uh, Headshot. Oh, we need a headshot. We with need the one mustache. with the mustache. I will need. So somebody's gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say my headshots. None of them have mustache. <laughs> and Richard have can have take Richard. a new Richard's one. very getting very good at that. Uh, Richard's pretty much great at everything. Yeah, it sounds like it is. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh-huh. you guys are. Um, and now you guys have bonded over the, oh, Xbox. the Xbox. Oh goodness, guys. Richard yeah, talking. And Clay, I'm so sorry you didn't get the Xbox last. Night. What a disappointment. Yeah, we're still my. If if my phone rings during the middle of this and my we'll wa- my Walmart connection calls, mm-hmm. where uh, Richard and I are gonna step have to step out and make make a purchase. <laughs> Okay, place, I ordered so. my Thanksgiving pies during like two episodes. Oh yeah, ago, that's right. So. And it was like click, 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 <laughs> click, click with like, the pies. Yeah, exactly. We all have priorities. <laughs> we do. Now, where do you order your pies from? Uh, Rail Yard. Okay. Have you been there yet? No. Best uh, pies in the city. Wow. And it's Edmond. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. that's when you say city. I'm not even sure what city we're I know talking it's hard about. To... I know. You it's... know me. I'm. A, I'm. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a. I'm an Oklahoma City. Not snob, but I I have a hard time. I mean, of, you're sitting in you're a good sitting circle <laughs> for that. I have a hard time of in, with anything, and 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 y'all, you know, I mean, this is just because I grew up downtown. I mean, anything north of 63rd oh, yeah, is yeah, very yeah. difficult for me to even assess or it, acknowledge. The other day, I had to pick something up at Penn and Memorial, and oh. you would have thought that I had to go to mm-hmm. like Egypt. I was so mad. But well, yeah, I, I, agree I feel with bad you. because now I've created another generation of Oklahoma City snobs. My kids even. Kind of poo-poo Edmund. Uh, they do. And yeah. Edmund has really a lot of really wonderful things going on. <laughs> well, yes. And I kind of feel bad. <laughs> the best, and and I always am careful, but I always want to promote Edmund and all of our bedroom communities because I want everybody to have a place to live besides downtown Oklahoma City. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Yes, I prefer true. they not all live not, on top of yeah, me. Yeah, you don't uh, need them the, all living on no, top of you. It's, uh, we appreciate all the communities, but uh, yeah, it's- yeah. Uh, I'm a I'm a core guy. Jim thinks we just need to buy a house in Edmond because we spend half of our life in Edmond because of soccer. So if your kids uh, play soccer, you will. Guys, you might as well get as Jim are says. Are you a about to get roped into house the soccer in thing? Guys, I just had my first basketball practice on Sunday, and oh. for Josie, and I feel like I'm about to. Are you like, coaching? I'm not, but I. You know, we were. Did you bring the snacks? Yeah. I'm actually really proud that it's basketball because parents are trying to sell me on this soccer thing, and I'm like, guys, who plays soccer? Like, oh, my so dad played soccer in college, but oh. post-college, like... Really? Yeah, but we just, we've we had Cody, 
um, Lorendi on oh, the yeah. podcast, he and he's awesome. kind of talked us through like the pro soccer right. world, and like it's a oh, it is it's a beat it's down. A, it sounds it like. is a beat down, and I'm like, come on, guys, let's like golf, let's right tennis, tennis. Well, any, any of those paddle ball, any paddle, of those, no, not paddle ball, pickleball, yeah. Club sports, any of those, you skiing. know. Skiing. Let's take him skiing. Oh, you know what I mean? That's like, you talk about hey, some my kids have been on skis oh, that's since they could yeah, walk. Yeah, that's what yeah. we do. Yeah, so. you guys have, I mean. Uh, yeah. It's about to be ski season. I mean, we're right around the corner, y'all. That's uh, so anyway. Yeah. Are you just going to, you should spend all of December there. You shouldn't we, even We come try home. to spend. I was going to say, y'all are basically there. We try to move up there. With the kids, it gets a little bit harder. We go up to Crest of And we're talking about my little brother, Clark. He lives up there full time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he works. He works for now for Vail. When he graduated from Oklahoma State, he moved up to Crest Butte and worked to work for CBMR immediately and has never really left. And uh, so when. My kids want to go see their uncle. We get to go to Crested Butte. So it's That's awesome. uh, wait. So he lives in Crested Butte, but he works for Vale. So Vale, oh, uh, I should have explained. Crested so now. Crested Butte used to be owned by CBMR, which was a family named the Mueller's. Gotcha. They sold recently to Vale. You I know, big multinational corporation. So my brother's kind of backed into the sweet gig. So wow, how does he feel about that? Because the beauty of Crested Butte is that it was a small town. It right. was a small ownership, and it was. Easy, but is it going to turn into oh, you, another veil? We, we should actually have an entire. I feel like, especially you know, Crested Butte being Oklahoma City North, it is. Uh, yes. it's. I feel like we could do an entire podcast, maybe an entire series on Crested Butte and its <laughs> yeah. politics. And uh, oh, oh that would be fun. I mean, Let's the go. local politics in Crested Butte are absolutely. I mean, and you talk about what makes it special. You know, it's always kept that small feel. It's. As much as it's been about the ownership of the property, it's really been about the people in the town and oh, and, yeah. and their dedication to being anti-development. And yeah. so, I mean, there's, you know, pushes and pulls there, right? It's like, what's good for the town? It's kept at this field. But, you know, at the same time, employees have nowhere to live anymore. That's so. Jackson yeah. Hall. And that's the yeah. same thing in yeah. Aspen. I it's mean, a it's huge just... problem for all these mountain towns yeah. right now. And uh, yeah, we've actually, I mean, it's amazing. We know, we know home builders here in Oklahoma City, in Oklahoma, we've worked with who are, you know, doing projects up in Oklahoma, up in Crested Butte just because there's such a, you know, a need in those places. So Yeah, that's a Jackson Hole is like definitely, that's where my grandmother lives there. Oh, seriously. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's. And that's where my dad grew up going. And like <sighs> the, but the cost of living for the oh. locals is insane. I mean, it is right. truly, they are pricing out their workforce. Yeah. And so all the restaurants are hurting all of the service industries. Yep. And it's why I mean I so I guess it's not. And then alone. these town councils balk at um, you know uh, you know fixed price, low cost, multi unit housing right, right. that you need in order to support these things. I mean, right. Crested Butte stood up one apartment complex near their grocery store, and it was booked up immediately. I mean, there's, totally. there's a waiting list two years long to get into it. So anyway, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess now that we're seven and a half minutes in, we can start. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Sorry. Hi. Yeah, this is really just a continuation of the conversation we, we were, were having, having already. Before. I, I feel like we are, are we, do we cheat our listeners? Because we have a whole conversation before. We well, like it. it's just a warm up, I guess. It's just a warm up. Well, so I know you're from here. Like you said, you grew up downtown. I grew up downtown. I uh, was a Westminster kid, uh, born and raised. But so we, we actually moved away when I was younger, when I was... My sixth birthday party, I remember, was at Celebration Station. It was oh, also God, oh, the best, the best place, the best place that's Go ever existed. Yeah. I cannot wait. I assume. I mean, I've driven by. Have you it. Taken your kids yet? I haven't taken my kids yet. I, I mean, oh, Jim, is still it take still the same? That's what I was yeah, about to ask. I like, I've driven by it yeah. enough to believe it's still the same, but you just never know. I right? hope like, so. so. 
Although I, the water that like you do the boats in that they use squirt at each other does gross you out a little bit. Is it the same water from when we were children? I yeah, think it's so. Yeah, so gross. Yeah, I don't okay, think so six birthday party. So six birthday party at Celebration Station. Station was a going away. And I remember oh. it forever because we were moving to the island of Aruba. My dad had gotten a job. What? Oh, this is. I Wait, mean, I did see that when I was reading your bio. I'm like, Clay lived in Aruba? So, what? yeah. So I was six How years did, old. You did research for this podcast she, and yes, didn't I was like, inform I, me? You know, he's so smart. I was like, oh my God, it's usually the. I had to like, I, I mean, I had to sort of do a little yeah. bit of research. Catherine's on top of it. She I know is. nothing about what he does. So. I don't either, but that's why I like to be surprised. Well, you guys are so, <laughs> so sixth birthday, I, my, my dad gets a job. He'd been working for Phillips Petroleum doing in-house government affairs lobbying. But, you know, there are kind of two kinds of lobbies we can talk about a little bit. You know, yeah. there are people like me who are contract lobbyists who represent, you know, a multitude of different clients. And I kind of, you know, my job is to really stay engaged with the legislature on relationship wise and then take issues into those relationships when you're an in-house lobbyist like my dad was for phillips i mean you're you know in in a corporation's office from nine to five every day you're you know sometime corporate officers and it's just a different ball game so my dad was working for phillips back then as head of government relations um and got an opportunity to work for a company called coastal which uh, was run by one of the wildest wildcatters <laughs> that texas has ever seen a guy named oscar wyatt uh and oscar was living in houston at the time it started coastal coastal was one of the majors, I mean, they, they they were going, they were international, they had refining, they had gas stations, they had, you know, everything in between, they had pipelines. Um, and uh, so they asked my dad or they hired my dad to move down to the island of Aruba. They had an old Exxon refinery, which at one time during World War II was the largest refinery in the world. Um, it, it, it refines. How big is Aruba? I mean, how so do you Aruba is 20 that? miles long and five miles wide, tiny little island, but on the on the southern tip of the island was this beautiful Exxon, huge, huge refinery uh, that's just 20 miles off the coast of Venezuela, which is the mouth of Lake Maracaibo, which is where all the Venezuelan oil is being drilled from. So holy cow. Uh, in World War Two, actually, German U-boats popped up and shelled all the boats that were coming from I'm Lake coming Maracaibo from to Aruba. I mean, there was, uh, it, it was an amazing, amazing place. Uh, so Exxon had been there forever, uh, had fallen out. It was at the, the island of Aruba is actually, uh, it's a Dutch island. So it's under the control of, uh, of, of the Netherlands. Okay. Uh, Jorn Vandersloot. <laughs> oh uh, if you're <laughs> Nat- the, the, the guy who killed Natalie Holloway, his mother was my art teacher at the International oh School gosh. of Aruba. Jorn didn't go to school with us. He went to the other school at the end of the island. But Thank goodness. So anyway. All, Wait. <laughs> right. Yeah, we could, we could do a Natalie Holloway podcast. God, this is fascinating. This is so, crazy. Anyway, long story short my dad was hired by oscar who was a great i mean truly a wild wild catter uh you know just you think of it west well, texas wild since we don't even know what coastal is anymore coastal's it gone like now. it was i mean it was, was truly an independent oil and gas bought, company bought i can't even remember okay. I mean, this was so long ago uh, but oscar was had bought that exxon refinery uh had stood it up under coastal and my dad was co- had come down there uh, to help run the run the refinery and also do government relations and help get a prime minister of the island elected. So very interesting time. We did that for a little bit. Then he ended up getting moved back to Houston. Uh, and then I, I think it was about third grade. We moved back to Oklahoma City. We were, he was done. He was done in Houston and decided to come. Uh, and I didn't even know it at the time, but truly, you know, it quit everything he was doing back, you know, in his previous life and stood up an independent contract lobbying firm with, with no clients. Uh, you know, it was, it was, I'm moving back to Oklahoma city. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to kind of put my shingle out. Uh, and that was 94, 95. And was uh, there, I mean, there must've been competition, right? There must've been oh, other, lo- there must've, I mean, absolutely. lobbying is, I guess, is an industry that has been around 
lobbying for is uh, centuries. There's a there's a joke that the two oldest professions in the world one is prostitution, one is lobbying. So, <laughs> uh, so. and uh, you know it's it's a loose term, right? Uh, lobbying is a loose term, but you know generally it is you know to try to influence her. And the term lobbyist comes from, you know, in Congress, there is the lobby outside the chamber and truly the oh, lobbyists were known to sat. hang out outside and wait for members of Congress. Now at the state Capitol, we do the same thing. Senate and the House have chambers on each side of the building. There's a rotunda in the middle. You can call it the lobby. And so we, we spend our time during session waiting around in the lobby for legislators to talk to them about various issues that, you know, clients we have have. So interesting. Yeah. Is there like a pecking order? I mean, in it's, terms of you're Clay Taylor, like, are you? Like, no, I've been watching the door, Veep, so I know out? there is one. Oh yeah, I'm sure there are certain representatives who like to talk. If to you're you. the new guy, like, if you're your dad, I mean, are you like at the back of the line because you were new and you just started? Like, there is, you know, I mean, everybody is so gracious in the in this realm. I mean, you know, the it, so I, I can't remember where I heard this the other day, but somebody said that the the cheapest form uh, of uh, manipulation is kindness. And <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it truly, I mean, in the world of politics. You know, there are a lot of things that go into, I mean, what makes a good lobby? Somebody will ask you that, you know, a lot of times I get asked, you know, by, you know, kids in school or something, what what can you do to become a lobbyist? And the question is, what political capital you have that it's going to make a diff- make it difficult for a legislator to say no to you on something? Uh, I mean, you So wanna- you're essentially a salesperson. It's a lot of sales. I mean, it's a lot of yeah. sales. It's a lot of relationship building. Um, and yeah, it's a lot networking. of just understanding and knowing, you know, where people come from, understanding the state of Oklahoma, the districts that people live in. Uh, you know, my first job when I when I graduated Oklahoma State, I went to Muskogee County and moved to Muskogee and was running a congressional campaign for former Congressman Dan Boren. Uh, and so, I mean, you know, we're, we'll talk about. Do redist- they always hire 22 year olds to run congressional campaigns? For congressional I mean- campaigns, you really want a young single person who can donate 20 hour and i say donate because you're i mean yeah, you're being big, paid yeah. but you know, it's not, really. it's, not it's, enough. Uh, yeah it's you can donate 20 hours of your day every day to you know being on the road i think i put like a hundred thousand miles on a, on a couple of different vehicles in a wow. year i mean it was um but, and that, but that's like a special 22 year old i mean how did they how did, how did you decide you wanted to do that and how do they find you? Oh, I mean, that's, I mean, you know, so again, you know, this, I can't imagine a little bit of the family, I mean, a lot of this is the family business and just connections. And, and, and in, in Oklahoma and in every state, I mean, you know, politics is very much, you know, relationship based. And you hear people toss around terms like the deep state and all these things where people talk, I'm like, what is the deep state? Uh, well, that's, and that's a federal, you know, I mean, more re- referencing the, what, what, some people talk about at the federal level with the bureaucracy, oh, right, and, right. but you know, you talk about, you hear people throw around the deep state. You hear people talk about, you know, these bureaucrats and people who it's just all about relationships, right? Like, and at the end of the day, if you don't know people, you're not going to have an ability to make any influence over them. So, uh, you, know, you know, as you said, it's sales, um, but it's also just trying to, you know, establish a relationship of honesty. I mean, my dad, one of the lucky things I got, you know, having a father in this business, and, you know, we talked about that, you know, a little bit, what's the dynamic of working for your dad? It's, you know, it's such a blessing also working with your family is difficult, but, you know, my dad taught me so much. And the first thing he ever taught me, and it's probably the most important thing in anything, but in politics, especially in what I do, I mean, the only thing you have is your word and your honesty. So, uh, I mean, he said, you know, you only get one chance to lie to somebody. And, and and once you've done that, they're never going to listen to you again. So, I mean, yeah, the you know, and, and, in, and in politics, it's a lot of that, right? Like it's, I mean, in what I do, um, you know, say, you know, I've got a client with an issue and there's a bill that's come up and I need to talk to a legislator on it. You know, it's during the middle of a legislative session that's very 
short time period, they're talking to hundreds of people every minute, every day. Um, and so I have to have a relationship with that legislator that in about 15 seconds, they can understand and know what I'm saying and know and trust me enough to believe what I've said that has merit that, you know, they can go vote on that with that understanding. Right. Because and, and, and in that, if I burn them in that one time, I'm never going to get to do it again. Right. right. So uh, it's it's a really fascinating world. But again, it's all about. It, you know, I mean, people who run for office are interesting folks, right? Like for the most part, like, you know, you have to go out and knock on doors and talk to a whole bunch of people. So my, the fun part of my job is that I get to go spend a lot of time with like gregarious, outgoing, interesting people who have a lot who of interesting all, who stuff have going other on. jobs on the side. I mean, this is like a oh. part time job to be in. It's, it's so I, I will it's say not. this. You, you know, and, and we beat up on lawmakers all the time. And there's a lot of folks that should get beat up for a number of different reasons because, you know, people vote for the wrong reasons on a number of different issues. But, you know, especially like the Oklahoma State Legislature, these folks sacrifice a ton to be here. Yeah. And I know that that's I mean, you hear that as kind of a throwaway line, but like they really, really do. I mean, yeah. like I can't tell you how many like sharp, savvy business people I know are in the legislature who when you know we sit around and have personal conversations, tell me how much money they're losing by doing this. You know what I mean? It's like, and, yeah. and so they're making- Because they're out of their job right? for four months out of right? the year. I, yeah. It's, oh, can you think, of, I mean, think about that. that I just sudden, left my business for four months to basically go and make no money. Go and make no make, money. And, and it's really not- work on a passion, And it's really right? not four months is the other piece. So, I mean, the Oklahoma legislature by constitution meets the first Monday in February and is supposed to convene- uh, well, in sine die is the Latin term for it, which means the end of session is what I call it. Uh, the last Friday of May. So that's the that's the constitutional requirement. They're going to be in session every year and they've got to pass a budget during that time. But there is so much else going on. Right. I mean, it's it's nuts. And it, it used to be truly a part time legislature. Um and now it's year round. I mean, if you're a committee chairman, if you're, I mean, especially if you're in the appropriations process, I mean, every year they're writing a budget for the state of Oklahoma. It takes an entire year to do it. Um, these men and women dedicate an inordinate amount of time um, for really not a lot of money. I mean, that's yeah. the, and, and so, you know, like the legislative pay conversation has been one that's popped up in the last couple of years. There's been some controversy about legislators were about to get a pay raise and then they got a pay cut during a time when the state budget was taking a hit. I would be an advocate for paying legislators professional wage and allowing them to actually have this as a full time job. Yeah. I think that we as the state of Oklahoma should invest in ourselves that way. But, right. you know, that's just I, and I also say the same thing. I mean, you hear things like term limits and and, and I'll, I'll, this is probably the most controversial thing I'll, I'll talk about today because <laughs> no, 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 there are not a lot of political things I, I get into. And, you know, I, my job is to represent other people's interests at the Capitol. So I leave my politics at the door. Um, and I don't have a lot of politics, but one thing just being, I, a, I feel like Catherine and I really don't either. Well, I, really, I mean, you know, but I'm smart enough to talk about that's I, for you, sure. Yeah. Right. There's so much going on that, that you know what I mean? What's relevant to you right. is also what's important, right? Like right. Uh, part of the problem is, you know, you're only going to be involved when something is personal to you, right? Like, right. I mean, we represent associations or we represent businesses and like they get involved because something has happened that is costing them a dollar or is making it harder for them to make a dollar or making it harder for them to employ this person or making it harder for them to find that employee. So, you know, you have an impetus to come into the capital with and talk about that. And then you end up finding new and other things that you might be interested in too. But until you have that kind of moment, like it's hard to just, you know, like, I mean, Catherine, you were talking about, you know, looking around at the state legislative website and, and trying to figure out what's going on. I have no on. idea what was happening. 
Right. And not even a point of reference from where to start. So um, but at the same time, like our, our legislature is actually really engageable and really easy because, um, you know, as as foreign as it all seems like these are all just people who had yeah. to go ask people for their votes and put their name on a ballot and get elected. And they, uh, you know, I mean, I was just I had a, a conference from one of my clients last weekend where I sat in front of them all and said, listen, how many of you all are friends with the legislators? You know, like one person raised their hand and I said, you all have me. My job is to make sure I know these people. And 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 I know this is going to sound foreign. They want to be your friend. I mean, yeah. it, you know, like lawmakers yeah. want to be your friend. Like they want to know, not just because they, they want to know get, what your issues are, because they're there to represent you. Preach. Right? Thank you. I mean, yes. And, and not only that, they also have an interest in developing that relationship to get a vote so they can get reelected. It's twofold. I mean, uh, if you're... I feel like that like that goes back to like first grade getting elected as the grade rep. Like you just wanted to be friends with everybody, Amen. right? Like or being Stuco president in high school. Like, yeah, if you really whittle it down, like what is it actually? Well, listen, to, I mean, Bob, yeah. I, I listen to, to Bob Ross oh, yeah, Bob on, your, on, your, yeah, yeah. on your on your deal. I mean, and, you know, he does want to be friends with everybody, and friends does. with everybody. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, that's a lot of now, it's not every legislator. Right. And there are some folks that um you know, but the ones that are there for the right reasons that we talked about that are making these sacrifices, um, you know, we're really well. And there's some brilliant people in our legislature, like some of the smartest people I've ever met. Um, you know, I mean, it's, so it's like, you know, we get these people in there and then so I'll go back to my 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 soapbox, which is term limits. Um, you know, we have these 12 year term limits in the state of Oklahoma that say uh, in the legislature and this is Senate and the House combined, you can only serve a total of 12 years. Now, you can serve a little bit more if you if like, you know, somebody is in the Senate and, you know, like Stephanie Bice, who just got elected to Congress uh, and be, you know, she was in the state Senate and hadn't had a term that is unexpired. So she left during the middle of that term and ran oh, for another seat. Else. So somebody else then comes in and takes that seat. That's Senator Jake Merrick. Senator Merrick actually now has the ability to serve for 14 years because he has those two extra years on the front. But for the most part, you can only serve 12 years in the Oklahoma legislature, House or Senate. Well, from my perspective, I mean, for the you know, I engage with these guys and, and women, and we have some brilliant, amazing women. We need more women in the legislature. So I would encourage both of you all at some point to, to run, think about. I mean, now, honestly, you guys. I mean, <laughs> what, seriously, what no, would anyway. I run for? <laughs> no, seriously. You guys, anyway, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Thank that'll you, be that'll run. be the third podcast <laughs> yes, that we're all going to say. How to get women? Yeah, how to get you, how to get women? Yeah. Well, not just women, but YouTube more specifically. I'm an army. <laughs> but anyway, um, but so you know, you have these twelve year term limits. So basically, once we get these folks to become experts in state government, we then say you can no longer can, be of service right. to us. And we're a small state, right? Like there's not a ton of us. There's only, you know, four and a half million people here. Um, and every year we're, we're saying more and more people are no longer eligible to serve in the legislature. What's that pool look like? Like how many people are able to take that financial pay yeah, cut? That's how true. many people have the flexibility? Don't have 10, you know, I mean, yeah. we all got kids at home. We've all got lives to live. We've got all these other things. Uh, I mean, it takes years to become an expert in this stuff. I mean, these legislators, I mean, even the smartest, most savvy, uh, even people with political experience will say it takes them two years to figure out where the bathrooms are. I mean, you know, I mean, there's just yeah. so much going on. Uh, and so we spend we pay them a salary. I mean, you know what I mean? We're, we're paying them money every year. We're, we're, we're spending resources on be, making them experts in state government. And then we say we don't like that expertise anymore. Please, get, please go away and, and so shove it out the door. Every year, what there's about. 20 or 30 people who are turning over it's, what's the not every year every four years every and so in the house is on two-year election cycles so every house member is up every two years so that if, also seems it's it's then they spend 
a quarter of their time campaigning. campaigning. You're, you're constantly campaigning if you're in the House. That and that's no that's both at the federal level and the state level. Members of Congress are also on that same two-year track. You're always campaigning all the time. So it's... Uh, so do you, is it hard to find good candidates? Like it is. It's very yeah. difficult. Interesting. Um, and, and I mean, candidate recruitment is, you know, we've the political history of the state of Oklahoma is very, uh, it, it's really black and white, right? Like we had a hundred years of state control by Democrats. And that's, I mean, you look kind of south of the Mason-Dixon line, the historically in the, in the United States, everything, you know, 1900s on, it was this Democrat control, but it wasn't Democrats like you and I think of right, today. Like, it was these Dixiecrats. Right. Uh, and there's, and so, you know, Oklahoma had a lot of, you know, that old line Democrat, uh, you know, it goes back to FDR. Uh, it's the old FDR, New Deal Democrats. Uh, and, and there's terms like yellow dog Democrat. People would say they'd vote for a yellow dog before they'd vote for a Republican. I mean, there's all these old and then became the blue dogs, which were the more conservative members of the kind of now and the blue dogs were really the continuation of the Dixiecrats in a lot of ways. So, so that that kind of group controlled the state of Oklahoma for 100 years. And Republicans never held the majority in either in either the Senate or the or the House, uh, which is just incredible to think about. Right. Early two thousands. That, that group probably aligns more with what our Republicans are now, right? You 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 have is hit the nail good? on the head. So it's basically, the, the same type of person. the thing about the state of Oklahoma is that while these parties have changed, the people haven't changed at all, right? Like it's yeah. just the same people who are Democrats are now Republicans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember when I was campaigning for Dan Bourne, who was a Democrat, and he was on the board of directors for the NRA as a Democrat. I mean, you know, I mean that's well, yeah, the yeah. kind of old Democrat that used to get elected from Eastern Oklahoma. Um, and, and, you know, I remember going into a, you know, it was a, it was some kind of secondhand, you know, kind of junk store on highway 69 South of McAllister. And I mean, (laughs) it's just exactly what you think of it is. I mean, you know, and there's every kind of sign on the wall and my guns here to protect me and all that kind of stuff. And you walk in and he's got, you know, he's watching Fox news. I mean, it's just all these different things, but I'm there to ask him if I could put up a campaign sign. And, and, and the first thing he says, yeah, I'm a Democrat. And, you know. My God, the National Democrats would have thrown this guy out, yeah. but he hadn't. He didn't know that the party that his party had changed. You know what I mean? So there's all of that <laughs> oh wrapped gosh. up. But I mean, you know, we have a Speaker of the House in the state of Oklahoma now, Charles McCall, who's a Republican from Atoka. If you told somebody 40 years ago there was a Republican from Atoka, they would think you were crazy. It just had never happened. But I promise you, the politics haven't changed that much. Right. Um, it's just the the label. Well, I mean, so here's I mean, some of those things back then. I mean, these are the stories I always heard. You know. That Democrats were from the rural areas back in those days, and Republicans were really from the cities. So it was always the belief that um, when that moment happened, the Republicans took over, that they would do these things that the Democrats were always abhorrent to, like consolidating school districts, consolidating county governments, and all those kinds of things. So they just assumed, they being the, the Democrats in control at the time, just assumed that the Republicans were all going to be from Oklahoma City and Tulsa when they got elected. Well, they didn't imagine that all the Republicans were actually going to be getting elected from Atoka right. and from you know, Muskogee and all these other places that were still. And guess what? Those their constituents still care about you know those local school districts, those local county governments. So those issues have never moved. And again, to your point, those people haven't changed that much. So wait, and so is that what's going on right now? The redistricting. So today, and, and very topical that we're here today, there is a the, there is a special session going on, which used to be something we would see less often. I feel like it's a special session every other day right now, but this is a special session. It's pretty unique. We won't see this again probably ever in state history. It's a special session to cover redistricting. So every 10 years after the census is completed, the state of Oklahoma you know, is required by constitution to then go and set our districts according to those new numbers that have been handed to us by the census. Makes or, sense. 
I mean, right. at a basic level. So then, of course, we had this little problem with COVID during the middle of the census oh, that delayed getting right, all the right, numbers. Right. Okay. So um, by so normally this would be taking place in the regular session. It, and, and they actually already did it because by constitution, they are required to have passed the redistricting plan last session. But we knew it wasn't the final numbers. So it was so kind of passed it knowing oh, they were gonna I have see. the special okay. session. Right. So we all knew again. that we were coming back. So now today, and they're gonna be here for five days while they pass bills. So there's a and there's there's procedural things you have to do, like a bill has to then, you know, be published for a certain amount of time before it can be voted on. So it takes them a couple of days to pass these bills, even though, you know, they'll have consensus on the legislation. I mean, always we talked about, you know, the major the makeup of our legislature is, you know, super majority Republican, both in the House and Senate. You have 39 to 9 uh, Republicans to Democrats in the Senate and, uh, and 82 Republicans and 19 Democrats in the House. Really? Oh, yeah. And it's, Is that the largest majority of any state in the nation? You know, that's a good question. I don't know if it's I the- lo- when I was looking It would make morning, sense because like, when the election dramatic. happened, it was like the East Coast and Oklahoma were called. Right. I mean, I know that the, these been, don't like- And I, we've been the most, I mean, for for three election cycles in a row, we were the uh, most, you know, we had no county vote for a Democrat in the presidential election. So- it, Well, in yeah. this last election, wasn't it the first time Oklahoma County's been like purple historically? Yeah. I was going to say, that was, the, that was the election cycle that broke it and why we're right. seeing part of this. And, and that kind of plays into this redistricting a little bit. One of the- um, Topics of conversation that's been, you know, in the news and other things is is uh, one of the plans that I assume that will be the one that goes forward um, that would change the current congressional ma- the, the current makeup of the third and fifth district. So the fifth district is was was Kendra Horn's seat that she lost to Stephanie Bice and oh, that right. that seat became. Uh, you know, it's it's gone back and forth now. Congressman Steve Russell who came from the state Senate, won it, uh, then lost it uh, to Congresswoman Kendra Horn, who was the first Democrat to hold the seat. And I gosh, I can't remember 50 years or maybe even more than that. Wow. Um, and then, you know, she lost it to Stephanie Bice, who was a sitting state senator. Uh, and so there's, you know, that seat's gone back and forth. So when you get to do redistricting, you know, you have this opportunity now to reassess your districts and and. You know, a lot of people call it gerry- gerrymandering. You hear that yeah, term. Yeah, that's it. Okay. You hear that term tossed around a lot. And there's a, the history behind that term is pretty funny. It's a, a guy named Jerry drew a district that looked like a salamander, um, <laughs> and so that's truly where the term gerrymandering comes from. It's Jerry salamandering, salamander and so together. that's it. so the term has stuck around for a long time. And you hear that term tossed around. Um, everybody does it, right? Democrats or Republicans, both use their political majorities to try and create maps that are going to be. More political majorities. Favorable to their amount of time. And so um, I'm not saying any, you know, I mean, some people might find that to be, you know, and the majority might find that to be an offensive statement for me to say. But I think, I mean, anybody who's being honest will will admit to that and say there are, I I think, levels to that. Right. And and federal courts, and I'm not an expert in this jurisprudence, but federal courts have stepped in over time and um, in various places and actually taken states uh, redist- or district drawing powers away from them and said, you guys are doing this in a way that's racially biased or you're doing this in a way that, you know, oh, an- another way. Pre- uh, so, you know, I mean, there are, there are certain levels of scrutiny. And if you start to, you know. Has that happened in Oklahoma? Hasn't happened in Oklahoma. And I don't, I don't see it happening in Oklahoma. But okay. you hear those are kind of the controversial things that bleed over into these conversations. When you hear the term gerrymandering, it becomes this politically charged word, right? Like, and <laughs> I you think hear, you, there was a lot of conversation novel. around it about in Georgia and in Atlanta oh, yeah. in the last yep. election. There's, uh, it, it, and, um, and it's kind of gotten wrapped up a little bit too in voter, um, you know, voter registration pushes and things like that. But you know, at the end of the day, 
you, you know, the, the, the map that the majority here is talking about uh, that's kind of gotten the most attention uh, would redraw our congressional district so that, you know, Oklahoma has five congressional seats. Uh, Frank Lucas, who or Congressman Frank Lucas from from Cheyenne, Oklahoma, out in western Oklahoma, cattle rancher, um, you know, been around a long time, former state legislature, state legislator, uh, has uh, hit the map that is currently proposed would have the third district that he represents actually coming in to kind of the heart of downtown Oklahoma City and capturing pieces of even like the Paseo, a mile, you know, kind of mild neighborhood down there. It's gotten some attention from some folks who, again, are saying is that, you know, this is an attempt to gerrymander, you know, this district to make it less competitive. Um, the fifth district is then going to go and grab some more parts of kind of, you know, Piedmont and areas that may be a little bit seen as traditionally more Republican. I, you know, I mean, this map looked that third district used to look like that pre- prior to 1990. So, oh, you know, I mean, it's and it, they, they have to be equal from a from um, a population standpoint. Correct. Right. Yep. So, I mean, exactly equal within like. Two or three percentage points. I think percentage points would probably be a bridge too far. I wish I knew the actual standard for it, but yeah, I mean it's equal. You're, so, I mean, you're supposed you're to have equal to districts. grab some of the metropolitan areas, growth areas, right? Because if you, oh, interesting. Yep. Okay. If not, I mean the the rural counties cannot do not have enough population. Well, I was to, gonna say Oklahoma County increased uh, population so much that we're actually well, uh, yeah, so Oklahoma City increased by population so much that we're getting a new Senate seat and a new House seat. So, are we really? Yeah, there's, uh, anyway, so we're going to have three? Well, no, and I should say State Senate state and State Senate. House. Okay. So oh, gotcha. they're moving um, a term-limited legislator, Kim David, who's in the State Senate. Her Senate district in Wagner is going to be coming down and moving into kind of, I think it's Western Oklahoma City. Um, and then I think there's a new House district for another term-limited legislator that's going to be stood up in Eastern Oklahoma County. Wow. Um, so then that's due to population growth in this part of the state. So that's all state-related. That's all state-related, but it speaks to your point about the you know these these rural districts need to come in and grab population in the growth areas, and the growth areas are in Central Oklahoma. So that's why you end up with these maps that you know look like fingers sometimes that come and grab. Well, that makes because Oklahoma City did grow so much, yep. but like, if, so that makes total sense. If Oklahoma City is now sort of purple. And you have to come in and grab some areas of Oklahoma City. Does that lend itself to rural areas or to those districts becoming more purple? Right. So that's the other question. The flip side of the coin is, you know, some people, um, you know, uh, who would be of the like, I mean, just the Democrats in this argument are going to are complaining that the third district is going to come in and split up the fifth fifth district, which will make it no longer competitive. Oh, I see Um, what you're saying. And so that, you know, the fifth district is now, you know, would be a guaranteed Republican seat according to what they're saying. However, what's the flip side of that coin is the flip side of that coin is also like, what is that good for the residents of the third district? You know, how much do they have in common and what is the possibility? I mean, you've seen some more uh, conservative rural lawmakers come up and say, you know, do we think it's a good idea that, you know, these city folks have the opportunity to have three of these congressional seats? I mean, you know, you think about it, um, you know, the third congressional district, the second and the fifth could all be held by a resident of Oklahoma City now. So representing. Right. The whole state, yeah. So not that that's going to happen, but those are the kinds of considerations that, you know, I mean, on the flip side. So you're all, I mean, like. Yeah, there's there's push and pull both directions. And that's why these arguments about gerrymandering sometimes get a little bit lost on me because I just say, you know, both parties do it. And again, you know, if you go in one, you have to make an, as to Catherine's point, you know, these districts have to be equal representation numbers wise. So you just, you got to be careful and and you can't go too far because there's always going to be some clapback at the end of it that's going to catch in. In this case, it might be that, you know, three city, you know, three of Oklahoma City's residents could be represented in Congress. So. Wow. So when does this go to a vote? 
so this is this comes up. It, they are introducing the bills this morning. Uh, the bills have to move over to the opposite chamber, so that takes a day. So it's, it, I think Friday is when they'll be done. Okay. So, so where do they introduce it? In the House or in the Senate? I think it's a House bill, but I actually don't know that. Yeah, you would, <laughs> and I it's wonder not, if it's always a House bill. I wonder well, how that. Uh, so the only no, the only requirements for I mean you you know funding bills must start in the House. Um, gosh, I'd have to go look. It's not one you know a lot of the, a funding bill. Right? No, it's We're not, not a funding, funding anything. Bill. We're no. just the uh, so I'm wondering if it has any. I wonder if they did two. I need to go back and look. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> and 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 some of these things, it's funny because Clay, you can't know everything. Well, I was going to say no, we no. do. <laughs> I mean, because of what we do, sometimes there are just some of these. Um, I call them parliamentarian issues that right. sometimes they're just not relevant to anything that I totally because you know you're I mean? like right. I don't. Yeah, it's like Robert's rules, which I which I realize it's on like Robert's rules on crack, but I mean, hey. The Roberts I, rules are that's the are, that's the mother's milk right there. Let me tell you. You, <laughs> it, it, in 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 the world of politics, procedural games are very much and and Roberts rules of order are uh, very much wrapped up in those procedural games. So I mean, you know, um, it's it, watching legislation move through the process can be very interesting, and those rules and understanding the rules and knowing um, how to use them to your advantage is just as much as part of you know being right yeah uh, at, at the end of the day because i mean especially people who do what i do um you know been around a long time we know how to use the system in a way that makes it more advantageous for our clients so i mean like there are lots of you know requirements for how you publish things and and, and put language out there ahead of time so that people can see it and know what you're doing but people who are more sneaky might you know use the rules to cloud that and hide their bill to the last minute so that people might get snuck up i mean there's just a number of different things you can do so i mean that's why like i think i know i told you that i've been watching veep oh and that's why that show is so good is because all these characters know how to twist all the different little jargon that's put in there. And I don't know, whatever. But let's uh, move on to our favorite topic, marijuana. Well, I mean, I don't know if our listen- listeners really know that's our favorite Well, topic. I think it's our favorite topic when we, <laughs> we look at the- It's our behind the scenes. It's our behind the scenes favorite well, topic. Well, when I walked in the- No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. But um, we want to just- Looking at Oklahoma City, the landscape of oh, Oklahoma guys, City, guys. it has changed so much <sighs> because of this industry. And I'm just curious as far as- What like, a story. How right? Did, how did the state of Oklahoma let this happen the way it happened? <laughs> That's what I really don't understand. I, I go to Colorado and right. I, it is really hard to find a marijuana store and it's 100% legal there. So right. explain to me the stupidity that came about in creating whatever- Laws we have in Oklahoma. So now. there's so Sorry. much. So Catherine you guys can clearly has an opinion on this, <laughs> but Catherine doesn't care. Right? <laughs> no, she doesn't care. We don't politically. We, we don't, don't care. politically. But I am well really yeah. frustrated by the whole. Situation. What do they call May Avenue now? Oh, oh, I haven't heard this. Oh, I haven't heard this. There's yeah. like 36 marijuana shops between like 63rd and, and Hefner. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there's not a call. I mean, and I think at last count, I believe this was, and, and this was an article, but I mean, it was like 1,700 dispensaries in the state of Oklahoma, and what? I think Colorado only had 700. Like, what? Yeah, if you because think about to it, to get from, a license in the state of Oklahoma, it's like 2,500 bucks or something. To get a license in the state of Colorado, it's like 100 grand. It's like, yeah. it's like getting, it's a, like having a, a brewery, a or liquor something. license, right? So like, we had a very interesting. Yeah, you, know, you have to go back and look at the, at the conception, right? Yeah, I was going to yeah, say the conception of this right. program. It's, uh, and it's again, I mean, it's an example of the legislature. Um, 
having something done to them as opposed to them doing something. Because I mean, this this on. happened at the ballot. Wait, um, really quick there. Do you represent any? I have a couple. So I have a couple of clients who who do some stuff in the weed business, and okay. and one one. I mean, as a lot of these people are, uh, as you find in this business. I mean, you all probably know some folks who did something else five years ago yes. and you know maybe the, i mean especially really you know successful people who've had you know really success great success in other businesses um it's been an interesting pivot for a lot of people yeah um, for a number of different reasons and some of them have gotten there um you know one client uh you know actually started in the cbd business um and there was a big push to where we thought national uh, brands would be kind of adopting CBD on a more glo- you know national scale, and the feds did some stuff that said no, that's not going to work anymore. So you know you go from CBD to here comes you know that's him, yeah. here comes marijuana right around the corner. So it's it's an amazing thing to look at who uh, you know <laughs> overnight you know the people that you would have never imagined in this business are now in this business. Yeah. No, um, appearance of Cassidy, where I'm like, wait, oh, they're growers. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I bet they're farmers and ranchers yeah. all over the state of Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, I mean r- really historical farming and ranching families across the state of Oklahoma have got, I mean, you know, some, some names that if you were in the cattle business or if you were in, you know, certain lines, of, you go, oh my goodness, they're you doing that now. You make more money growing marijuana than you can corn for sure. It's, right? so it's a, and it's a, it's a fascinating business on a number of different levels. I mean, you have like an 85% effective tax rate because of the federal illegality of all of it. Um, and you have a, you know, a, a, an entire regulatory regime that is just a work in progress, right? And and I I want to say this. We'll we'll talk about the beginning a little bit. My good, uh, my a uh, person I I just respect more than anything. A, a woman named Adria Brown Barry. Adria Barry is the new director of OMA, and she is world class, guys. She's one of the smartest people you ever meet. She's an attorney, and that's the Oklahoma Marijuana. Yeah, OMA is the Oklahoma Medical not, Marijuana Authority. They didn't put it under the, the, the alcohol and tobacco. So it's under right? its own standalone agency, okay. Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority. You'll hear me talk about OMA. OMA oh, no, is the okay, name okay. of it, uh, and and they've hired a new executive director, Adria Berry. She's unbelievable. She's uh, where did she come from? She came from kind of her. I think her last job. She was at the Petroleum Alliance. She'd been with uh, the Secretary of State's office. She'd worked around the governor's office a little bit. She's an attorney by training. Uh, her dad's actually an, a Fidel from Oklahoma State. With was a fraternity brother of my dad, so oh, I've known nice. her forever. I mean, I've known her forever. Yeah. And um, her brother actually, I rushed him when he was coming to OSU. He didn't end up coming. He was far too smart to go to OSU. These these guys are just brilliant, world class minds. Uh, but Adria's got the ball like she knows what she's doing but this has been a regulatory nightmare um and it's been a regulatory nightmare because of the inception of this and as i said the legislature had this done to them through a state question on the ballot that really established the greatest consumer market for marijuana that's ever existed anywhere in the world yeah. um what it has created is a demand for our weed in the state of oklahoma um you know the west coast the east coast and mexico that wasn't how our program was set up it's supposed to be selling it to oklahomans but um because of the regulatory nature and how um so we oh, provide weed for the rest of the country i didn't think you could export it you can't but, there's, but it is being but exported. that's that's a lot of the problems yeah. that are going on today by the so, chinese it seems to me that well there's good. a lot of multinational operators in here because of the way our program was set up and there's some hurdles that have been laid down further and you've got a lot of problems with true black market illegal operators here yeah. in the state of Oklahoma. And and, so and it didn't, it, I mean, I think one of the goals was probably to eliminate that, right? Right. And it basically fueled the fire for it. And it's a, it's, now that you say that, I did have a friend who had a gummy and it was from Oklahoma because it had the label on it and it had an, ad, an address 
from Oklahoma when we were in Texas. Yeah. Oh, oh it's, yeah. I mean, people's got, people haven't, well, anyway, I won't talk too much about it because yeah. it's, yeah. it is a, I mean, it, and you see stories in the news where you see, um, you know, in Eastern Oklahoma, you know, they'll do a raid on a property and there'll be a hundred slave laborers on there. I mean, oh, and there's sex no. trafficking involved. I mean, it's, there's some really terrible things going on all yeah. across the state of Oklahoma. We represent folks in a bunch of different industries from tag agents to, you know, your, your, the abstractors who do lane closings and, it impacts everything. Really, I mean, it's, and, and, and in rural Oklahoma, it's you know farmland is is impossible to come by now because all of these international actors are coming in here with suitcases full of cash. This is, and I'm only talking about the black market, right? Like the good side of this market, the 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 legal actors are awesome. Like we have the best actors, we have the best product in the world, um, we have the best market in the world. You have 10 percent of the state of Oklahoma has their medical marijuana card. Like what a great 10 percent. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Which I mean, still would not support the number of medical think. marijuana stores. So I, right, it's impossible to tell right now. I yeah. think that's what I was going to say is my message to everybody who I've been talking to about this is. It's really impossible to see what a regulatory framework can look like. It's going to be effective until you figure out how to actually like draw a distinction between the good, the legal actors and the illegal actors. And there's an easy way to do it. Um, there's a couple ways. I think the seed to sale program that they've been trying to get off the ground. Is what is a, that? So there's in other states, in every state that has medical marijuana or any marijuana, you have a requirement to have some kind of RFID chip tracking system on all of your product and uh so that you can identify it as it's coming through and it and like oh, Oma can, yeah so it's like a so as okay. you're growing it and yeah. obviously it's not perfect and i don't quite understand all of it and i'm you know but like you know as you grow a plant it's tagged and then that tag stays with the plant as it gets processed and then I mean, maybe it's you like have to tagging re-tag, cattle right it's the like, exact same yeah. thing yeah. so that you can see in the pipeline what everybody's doing well so like if there's a seminella br- outbreak you can find the cow <laughs> right. that came from the farm it's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, now it's, you're talking about process validation which is like i mean there's just all these yeah. things that our industry still the industry in the state of Oklahoma doesn't have because of this black market problem, right? right. Like I can't even talk about, like they've been having these inter- interim studies and interim studies are legislative hearings that happen outside of session that have no, I mean, you can't do anything in them. They can't pass a bill or anything, but people come up and talk about issues and legislators sit and listen and ask questions. Lots of interim studies on medical marijuana, but you know you can't do anything about these regulatory problems until you get rid of the, the illegal actors. And so the, the seed to sale program is tied up in the courts right now. Um, by some folks. There's some people I think have some le- maybe legitimate arguments. I don't know that the program that Oklahoma picked was too expensive. They picked a sole source with a company called Metric. Some people were complaining about the price of it, but that has been held up in a court lawsuit. And until that's up, like the state of Oklahoma really doesn't know what anybody's growing. Oh, gosh. So, it seems to me though you can pass that expense along to the consumer, right? Right. I, mean, I yeah. think people are probably willing to it is it's uh, i think it's i think i think obviously with anything with these regulatory questions like could everything be done better probably and like we'll have those conversations right. as you go through but i mean part of the problem you have and like we were i represent the city of oklahoma city also who's i mean you know their re- their city government has you know a lot of issues in front of state government they need to deal with we see it from their perspective too but like from a regulatory perspective these folks at the city who are used to you know doing inspections on construction or different kinds of things they're used to looking at some kind of federal guideline for how they're supposed to do this stuff, right? Oh, like there's always a federal app. Right. Yeah. This doesn't exist in this world. Right. We're all making it up. So part of this has almost been where the state of Oklahoma has had to like really truly figure out how to become subject matter experts more so than anybody else in the world. And we're having to like, but it, you know, it's an interesting start, right? Because we ended up with the best consumer market in the world overnight, which is not what most other states ended up with. So now we're trying to, I think, we're actually, you know, in some states, the consumers are still fighting to get more access to product. Where here, it's like 
we probably need to have the opposite conversation where we need some more regulation to come in. But you know, you can't have that conversation about regulation when there are literally criminals running all over the state. So, so do you think we put the cart before the horse on this one? <laughs> the legislature probably was never going to pass it, so mm. the activists had to do what they had to do. Um, but again, you know, when the legislature doesn't, when when they don't take that action, this is what happens. It's right. something that's not fully sussed out ahead of time. So if the legislature had passed this bill, if, if the legislature had stood up a medical marijuana program, they would have stood up the state agency alongside of it. They would have started developing rulemaking and it would have done all these things on a timeline that probably would have been a much longer timeline right. than what the, you know, what they said. You know, I think they had six months or a year. But they to, knew this was coming up for a vote. Right. Did they do nothing until it was voted on, oh my! I gosh. mean, they could have been working on it for years. They saw what was going on but around. But politically, the country. you have to think about in if the state of Oklahoma, a, is a legislator really going to want? I mean, you know, there's not a lot of. I mean, clearly, from, the people wanted it, though. Right? You, it was, it was, it's it a just doesn't look good, right? But you're also thinking about two different dynamics. So you have a popular vote, which is what the mm, the ballot gotcha. ballot issue was, versus legislators are really elected in their primaries. And so that the the state of Oklahoma's overall opinion rating on medical marijuana had little to do with the Republic, you know, what, you know, House District 99's Republican primary may have a way different number on that on that medical marijuana vote than, than everybody so else that did. So can't get involved because they won't oh, get I see what you're he can't yeah. be the one who goes out there and passes medical marijuana because his even though the state of Oklahoma was for it, his district wasn't for it. And that was a lot. Of, there's a lot of that. And it's not just that his district wasn't for it, it's that his constituency that yeah, really does votes yeah. that really does vote isn't for it so it was and you know it ended up being a really narrow margin and now there is uh, um another and a lot of this is you know this may spur some action at the legislature this year there's a recreational ballot initiative coming up um are done, you serious done by some of the same folks i believe who did the who did the re- the and medical we're clearly not ready for that we haven't it would actually i think it would destroy the state agency o- oma it would do away with it altogether. so when you finally get them back up and running and and figure out what they're doing then they kill it so anyway oh gosh yeah. so the future of this is like i feel like unknown? there's a ch- the, really there's a court there is a court case right now that if it gets out of court and they get um seed to sale program stood up in the state of Oklahoma, I feel like a lot of these issues go away. Because I mean, like farmers in rural Oklahoma are miserable right now dealing with all these and what I believe is the criminal actors, right? right. It sounds kind of dangerous to be living in rural Oklahoma a lot right of, now. I mean, that... Yeah, it's... it's. I mean, I, mean I think it was probably a lot of... Not a lot, but I'm sure there were... It was dangerous anyways, meth labs <laughs> and that kind of stuff. But now you add this, like well, international criminals onto you, it who are actually professional criminals... Sounds a lot scarier. It's uh, it's definitely interesting and law it's very enforcement. Ozarky. It's oh, it's right. Which I can't even watch, by the way, because I'm like get such your, a nervous. Nelly. I, so, I couldn't I, do it. I, I couldn't do it. I got okay. So I got through the entire first season, and then I stopped in the final episode, and I've never gone back in. <laughs> I'm wa- I'm waiting for the my, Hallmark Christmas movies. To I can't. Okay, no, that's, that's my, I'm yeah. I don't know. Especially are, when are you're you not have there. Kids? Yeah, can I mean, you do that? No, I I watch all the dark. But Emmy, how do you have kids? Like I watch Handmaid's Tale, like. Three times when I was each pregnancy has I cry come out in church you. all day long if that helps you. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, like I, I'm the wrong one to ask. I don't know why I like a dark show, but I do. But I anyways. can't like the dark shows because all I think to myself is somebody came up with this. Like this oh. was in somebody's well, Jason brain. Bateman oh. is one of the writers. Oh, I didn't think about now that. Now put this on paper. I didn't. Think Who about that. is thinking of this stuff? I didn't think about that. That is know. scary to me. 
It is scary, but my little brain can't even. I not now you've got, but you, I but, even more scary. Okay, but think about scary. Clay though. Like he's hearing about like when you mentioned the sex slaves that are a part of these like marijuana farms and stuff. I'm like that is like that. Like can you what imagine? No, I'm serious. But like that would be scary if I heard right. that in real life. Right. That is way scarier to me than watching it on Ozark. That's a fair point. Yeah. No. It's uh. It's yeah. No. It's wild. Um. These. It's probably why you can't watch Veep. It'll hit too close oh, to home. God. Yeah, we're. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it'll it's, just, it'll it, be it does. Too much. There's oh goodness gracious. Yeah. You know what I'm saying though. I feel like if that's a real issue and you're hearing about it at your job, oh. I would be like, that would really freak me out way more than watching Jason Bateman like <laughs> shoot somebody. Oh, I can't. But but I mean, we're digress. I, I, you know, I would just say that those, <laughs> that's just scary out there. Right. The I, no, I, 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 I don't understand. It, part, just to touch on it a little bit more that, you know, these farmers and ranchers I, I, are are so worried about what's going on next door because they got these high fences that they can't see over and they got guys walking around with AR-15. So I would just say that, you know, anything we can do to get the illegal actors out of here is just going to make the legal yeah. side of it yeah, so much better. So much I mean, all better. the friends that all of us have who've gotten into this business, I mean, yeah. we all have friends who've gotten into yeah. this business are really at this kind of end of the wire where we need to do some stuff from the state perspective to make this business better because the legitimate actors are, you know, it's just getting harder and harder out there. I mean, you talk, I mean, how much competition they have because the barrier to entry into this market is nothing. I mean, anybody can can open up a marijuana shop. I mean, I, you know, I have a client who has, you know, their, their main, their main facility and then, and then a, a commercial operation. And in the, the, uh, strip center next door, they've had a, a different dispensary open three different times and go bankrupt. So you're not just competing against the illegal market. You're also competing against because of the low cost of entry, right. that stupid money. I mean, you call it stupid yeah. money that you know goes in there and goes bankrupt over and over again. Oh. So you're competing with a- Yeah, they for- change names a lot. Well, you're competing with a closeout sale. Some of the names are rules. <laughs> I mean, yeah. How would you like that? Compete with a closeout sale every six months. I mean- so. Some of the I, names though are really funny. Oh, right. The name? Yes. I, I well, when don't. you have seventeen hundred of them in the yeah, state of Oklahoma, you, you got to get creative. creative. Right? Do you think of the seventeen hundred, sixteen fifty, the names have something to do with marijuana? Like, yeah, they're all puns. Nobody, like, what if my shop was called dresses, <laughs> women's dresses? Like, get get a name that does not have something to do with marijuana. No, please, I think please, it's hysterical. Please. We like it's a so, brand identity. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Well, because they can't use certain words, right? So they have oh, to use iterations. They can, they can use any words. I don't it's know that. I thought that they all. couldn't use like the word weed or the word, like there are certain words for they real? can't. I thought. But they can, but let me tell you. Uh, I, that would be news to me. But really? Maybe, I maybe that's just. Cassidy, next to the Emmys, heard me t- say yes. this already. I have not actually said this on the podcast. Maybe I have on our pit and pee. You're just all riled up. So I'm go all for riled it. up. There's a Sonic that we go to after school, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That's like the spot after school. Next door to the Sonic is a weed shop. And there is a sign. I don't even know how big the sign is. It's humongous. And on the sign, it says, we get you higher. So you're sitting in the Sonic, <laughs> waiting for your little car hop to bring your slushy with nerds. And you look up and you're with your kids and it says, we get you higher. By the way, you don't go to a liquor store and it doesn't say, we get you drunker. Like that is not even, it's, there right. are no rules. Yeah, no, I think like liquor stores is definitely like kind of. They should lobby to be able to keep up. Liquor stores should get out there and be like, well, that was a whole thing too. That alcohol alcohol deal. Yeah, that alcohol deal was wild. Talking to Stan, I love Stan Stack. And talking to him about it was just like, oh my gosh. The political, the politics around alcohol in the state of Oklahoma are always interesting. We'll just put it that way. Always. Do you have you lobbied both sides? We've been involved in in a little bit. Yeah, we represent the convenience store association right now, but we've we've been involved with a number of different groups throughout the years. So yeah, the. 
the convenience stores were involved also. Gotcha. How do you, when you, a new client, potential new client comes to you, how do you determine whether or not you're going to take that client on? Are there some things that you're like, "Mm, we're not touching that with the 10 foot pole? I actually was thinking the same thing because you said you don't use your own, obviously you're being hired. So you're not using your own opinion. However, has there ever been a time where you're like, no. You know, there has, there have been, you know, there are a couple and it just depends on the issue, right? Like for the most part, most of the things that we get involved with are really vanilla. Um, I just, you know, the first, the first thing that we do, honestly, is just check to see if we have a conflict with anybody. I mean, that's gotcha. uh, honestly that's oh, the like hardest. Part. Client, yeah, that's. Or, I mean, the, yeah. the hardest part. The opposite side of the correct. Issue, I mean, right? so much, okay. so much of what we do in a state like Oklahoma that's so small. You know, I mean, there's just not as many people. I mean, you know, you're inherently going to have, and sometimes actually, those conflicts are great. I mean, they help our clients out in a big way because you're heading for a huge fight that's going to be in the capital and going to cost you lots of money, and it's going to be ugly, and people are going to get mad at each other and scream. And we have the opportunity to sit you down at a table ahead of time and say, okay, guys, we know what's coming. And instead of doing it this way, let's broker a deal right here and then just going down the road. Save everybody a bunch of time. But Oh, like so if you have a client and then a, the opposition comes to you? Our, sometimes we'll have two clients that get square on it, that get on the opposite side of an issue. So, wow. Um, and, and in those cases, I mean, so but anyway, when you're saying about a new client, you know, we, we'll try to make sure that obviously there aren't any conflicts with anybody we're currently representing. And, and you know, it's difficult in Oklahoma because you never know what issues are going to come up in a year, right? Like, I mean, yeah. there's just a, every year they're introducing 3,000 new pieces of legislation. Wow. Um, so, I mean, it's... it's 3,000? Yeah, that's, that's where we're, that's where we're at now. I mean, it's it's gotten to a Wait, point... Wait, how where, do you do that in... From so in only only hundred uh, only several hundred end up passing in in totality. A lot of bills get killed. Yeah, but still, like that's so much information to be inundated with. Well, think, about think about about the committee? writer. Where a they lot, get killed? Uh, so so the process begins. You know there are there are people called the the floor they're the floor leaders majority floor leaders. Wait, of both are the you House about to break Senate. into song? <laughs> yeah. So we gonna is this gonna be like we're the, gonna do some schoolhouse yeah, rock? Yeah, we're yeah exactly. Do, so I actually have on some slideshows. I've busted out a little gif with 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 Bill. His name is Bill. Bill, Bill, yeah, yeah. Bill. Bill. Uh, but that's as far as it goes. I do not do the song. It's, oh, okay, uh, yeah, I'm okay. sorry, guys. I'm, I'm a real disappointment. No, no, no. I, I, I really would. <laughs> but, I feel like with the mustache too, it'd be amazing. Yeah, wow. <laughs> we need a video that. That'd yes, be different. we do. Um, so the the majority leaders in the House and the Senate, and they have floor leader teams, is what they're called. And these these teams are, you know, the the majority leaders are appointed by the Speaker and the Pro Tem, who are the head of the House and the Senate, and they're kind of the number two. You know, there's also appropriations chairs and a couple other really important positions. But, you know, your floor leaders really run the entire legislative process and they have a team of folks who they help pick to help them. The beginning of the year, all those bills get introduced and they start coming through them and assigning them to committees. So that right there is an opportunity for things to happen. Um, If you want a bill to go away or you need a bill that is going to be hard in one committee, you need it to Ushering it to the right committee is a big part of the process. Uh, Making sure it goes somewhere. You know, if it's a bill you want to go away, making sure it can go somewhere to die quietly is much better than getting in a committee that you're going to have to have a public vote on, right? So right. part, I mean, and, and, and so much of what we do is just trying to make things go away quietly. And a lot of it has to do with it. It's, I know that sounds bad, 
But a lot of it is just institutional knowledge. I mean, yeah. so many of these things have been been litigated before. And again, we talk about term limits. Oh, you're like, oh, this old net chestnut. This never, like, we, this, this never, yeah. Yeah. 10 times. Yeah, and I can go happened. and I can go to, you know, ex- lawmaker XYZ and say, I know that you didn't know about this, but, you know, five years ago we tried it and here's why it didn't work. And So it goes back to terms. Term limits right. are important. Term limits. Institutional knowledge um, is an inherently important thing when you're trying to run any organization, right? Like not just, yeah. a, I mean, you know, the longer you all do this podcast, the better at it, you're going to get. And, uh, you know, if one day you weren't doing it, you tried to switch somebody out, it wouldn't function the same as it did that next day. No, I mean, you'd be like, yeah, you want to go listen to 60 hours of podcasts? Right. Yeah. No, I get that. Right. Well, so do you guys ever like help candidates with these kind of... So I was going to say, big part of what we do is outside of the Capitol, right? Right. I mean, so how do I establish those relationships and get to a point where, you know, those folks are going to know me, trust me, and want to hear what I have to say? And and, and so much of that is in making sure that they can get reelected. Um, I mean, and, and election politics or everything, raising money is a year round business for these folks. They're actually prohibited. Legislators are not allowed to raise money from lobbyists or lobbyist principals during session. Um, so there's no fundraisers really during session. But other than that, we're in fundraisers year round. I mean, there are fun. I'll, I'm going to a fundraiser tonight. I'm going to a fundraiser tomorrow night. Special session doesn't count for that preclusion. So they, when gotcha. they've got them in town, yeah, they're all doubling up. You don't get five days off. But but you know, money is what makes politics run. Um, and and people get uncomfortable with, when talking about money in politics. They get uncomfortable to talk about. Cor- it's all speech, and it's all everybody has the same opportunities. Everybody's got an association. There are no special interests. Everybody's got a special interest, right? I mean, you right. hear those, those terms tossed around right. like. I represent associations or I represent businesses. They all represent people. They're a person who goes home at the end of the day and puts food on their table. So, I mean, why is that person's interest special? No, they're no different than anybody else's. They just are deciding to invest in themselves and their in whatever their industry is because that's what this is. I mean, truly, you yeah. Know, we I have mean, a, it's like Catherine caring about what the retail laws are. Hundred I mean, percent. Like, why wouldn't she? You have yeah. to, as a business person, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. I mean, that's the that's the moral of the story. If you're not at the table, you're on, on the, the menu. menu. And and so many of these things, especially in the state of Oklahoma, where we've had. You know, big, uh, you know, budgetary swings and issues because we live in a, you know, an oil and gas dependent state with a cyclical budgetary cycle that, you know, is inevitably jerked about by these pushes and pulls of commodities. Right. So, you know, you're going to have these big swings. Um, so, you know, inevitably that's led to situations where, you know, behind a closed door, lawmakers are trying to close a budget gap somewhere. And what are they going to do? They're going to be looking at places where they don't know that person. They don't have a relationship with that person. So, you know, I mean, if you have that relationship, it's going to be harder for harder them to, to turn it up on you yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. I, so if we did want Kat, Catherine to be a congresswoman, we would just call you and be like, okay, who does she need to meet? What does she need to do? So Right. And and, it's, and again, what I would tell her is you, we need to, we need to start raising money. My mother was you know, of, a, of Nichols Hills. There we so go. So I do have politics in my family. Who was? My mom. She was? Yeah, she was on the city council of Nichols Hills. She hey, was the mayor. Nothing they had like better. A rotating thing. Nothing yeah. better than municipal politics. Jim was her campaign oh. manager. Was he really? Oh, yeah. He put all the signs. This is before we were engaged. He put all the signs in everybody's yards. He oh, put, that's. Oh. Jim and I have to talk about signs yeah. one day. Yeah. I have, And Jim and Becky can talk about signs. I bet Becky, we didn't talk about Becky's involvement in politics over the years, but um, she has battle scars as well from those days when I lived out in Muskogee and she would actually be dry. That sweet girl drove out there every weekend with me when I was running this campaign. And I mean- Oh, I was in, you know, a parade, putting up signs (laughs) all over the, I was in two parades and then I'd be, you know, putting up signs all over and she's right there in the car with me and stealing opponent signs with me. It's so (laughs) fun though that you found someone who can roll with you like that, right? I mean, the two of you have a social calendar like nobody I've ever seen 
and but you both it seems to me enjoy that and that but i think you're genuine about it like i don't oh, feel I mean, like you guys are well, like guys just are, out no, to be you out you guys are a really good match i mean I well it feels like that at home she, i miss her so much at night. I, I do too her. i know she's i, I miss her, her. i haven't I seen i haven't her. seen her in like two weeks i mean was, <laughs> she's, been, she's been working yet she's been they had i know but she was my like wife for a year i know we were me too yeah like yeah, you guys all have that experience. And every time I go somewhere and everybody's looking for somebody that does what Becky does, I'm always like, do you know Becky Taylor? You should hire her. You should hire her. So I'm always trying to get her. Becky like, probably has gotten more somewhere. job offers than anyone, oh, probably. She's definitely like, the most employable Taylor of all yeah. of us. That's for sure. She's, she's, uh, she's, she's amazing. She's the cutest. Though, well, I think sure. we're ready for first final question. Oh, goodness. I know. It, God, it goes by is, quick. I know. Yeah, I, like, so I really could just talk to you guys all day. That's the problem. That's, that we I could just, too I with all of our guests, and that's why our episodes keep getting longer and longer. <laughs> because, because I think I just lack some general knowledge. You would think I would have it, but I don't. No, so I so think excited to acquire it. knowledge Me too. from an expert, and I that. I'm like, an auditory learner. Like well, if somebody yes, tells before yeah. before we go jump into final questions, what I would just say is, you know, from anybody who wants to know more about politics, it's super easy to get engaged, right? Like just call up your lawmaker and ask them about what's going on. You know, you, these people have wonderful legislative assistants that staff their How office. How do you phones. find your lawmaker? Let's go on, take it down. Yeah, to I was gonna the... say go to OKHouse or OKSenate.gov or OKLegislature.gov, and there is a link on the bottom of those pages everywhere that it will, you'll be able to input your address and find and out who your lawmaker time. is. Now, okay, again, cool. we're as we talked about, we're doing redistricting so you your lawmaker may change. change in the next in the next month or two but other than that um but truly reach out to these folks i mean i as i was telling you i, I think i mentioned earlier i had a client with a, a a conference last weekend and i had a text message from one of them who had already gone and followed my advice which was just take that number i'm about to give you and call your lawmaker and invite him to coffee they did it they had a 45 minute conversation came away feeling like it was the best you know, i mean they're yeah, best friends okay, now yeah and they didn't have anything to cover it was just i need to get to know them so that's also important right like you know your constituent get to know your lawmaker so anyway. and they work for you that's 100 I mean, and they don't know what they don't know unless you tell them i right. mean that's part of the deal i mean they, they don't understand your industry unless you tell them about your industry so yeah i love it well let's um first final question okay. it's a three-parter it's oklahoma city in 10 years mm. Your I never asked you officially what your company is called. Oh, okay. I just realized that I was we about had, to say the yeah, name, and then I was like, "What is it called?" Names out there. We have we have several business entities. <laughs> I did, that, yeah, I did notice that. What, what, so if somebody wanted what we, if somebody wanted like to hire what's you a, like uh, on your business card. I. Uh, Let's see. Do I have any business How many cards different business me? cards do you have? Is I used to have pin? about three. We So I have a law firm, quote unquote. I, I have a law practice. Uh, no, truly, Cl- Taylor Capital Group, Clayton Taylor, Clay Taylor. You just Google and us. Capital okay. OL. Capital. Yeah, Capital is with an OL uh, is, is the name of my company. We also are doing some work under a company called Oklahoma Lobby Group, although our website is down. So anyway, it's- uh, Okay, yeah. so- yes, That didn't pop up. Yeah, that one's, that one's down now. right now. Let's just so. say all the entities in 10 years. You can just find uh, all the entities in 10 years. Okay. Okay, and then yourself in 10 years. Okay. Kind of where do you see these three things? Like, Driving to Edmond every yes. night for soccer is oh, what goodness I, where gracious. I see him No, we're going to build nice fields somewhere close, right? <laughs> over the things. highway. We're going to build them over oh, the highway. Broadway extension. Yeah. We're going to have soccer fields right I there. How's that? that? Let's do that. Oh, in like a, in the park in This Dallas. is part of my Dallas. Oklahoma City. This is actually, this is truly segueing into where I see Oklahoma City in 10 okay, years. Okay, so, that's so exciting. So okay. one of the groups that we're doing some work with, uh, Echo Investment Capital, they're incredible. I mean, you guys have, you guys had Matt and Rachel from Prairie Surf Media on here. That's actually one of the groups that they've been helping, but- 
Oklahoma City's on this incredible track right now. And I, I don't know if you guys heard the the state of the city the other day that the mayor gave, but I mean, it was dynamic. It was engaging. And we it need was to because, listen to it. I think we can go back and listen to well, it. Well, because he just yeah. touches on all these different things that are going on in downtown Oklahoma City. And and it's it's incredible to think about, you know, growing up here and seeing the city that we started with and where we are now. Um, and what I see is that Oklahoma City finally figures out that you can take a, a you know a, a non recurring asset and take the money you make off of it and put it into something else that recurs. I mean, I know that's like a really baseline way to say it, but you know these oil and gas guys are starting to figure out they can go make money in other places too with their oil and like gas Echo. money. Um, I see a I, I see bio manufacturing in Oklahoma City in a major way in the next ten years. I see um, you know. There's a there's a building being broken ground on in February that Mark Befford and Dick, Dick Tannenbaum are working on that's going to be awesome. I think it has a chance to be huge. Um, Downtown I, is it for biomedical manufacturing? Part there there's there going to be some biomanufac biomedical manufacturing in there as well. Um, it's there's just so much exciting going on with the amount of talent that's being brought into Oklahoma City by forward thinking people and the fingers that uh you know of of, of the ripple effects of all of that that's happening right now. I mean, it's kind of the same if you look back. I mean, Catherine, you know this in the Aubrey years. You know, I mean, you yeah. felt all these guys that were the you know these the, the Chesapeake and, and then AP sure, was yeah. bringing in from from the coast this coastal elite talent mm-hmm. that we weren't not I mean, these these graduates from Ivy League institutions and things these really incredibly brilliant diverse people. They're coming here again, and this time they're thinking about things not just what we usually think about in Oklahoma City. Right. And um, the exciting part about that, I think, is yet to be even be determined where we go from here. But I mean, it's so you know where that I feel like that bleeds into my company a little bit. I don't know where we you know where we are in ten years. I'd love to um, you know continue what I'm doing here and and you know represent clients, but um, you know. I, I could also see myself changing the entire arc if something magic happened and and we uh, you know had the opportunity to to run a business in a different way. So there's there's uh, there's a lot of growth coming here that I just I don't even know that anybody can quite couch yet. So. You're just like on the lookout. I'm on the lookout. I'm excited. Uh, I think that you know I love what I do today, and I think that the the lobbying business is one that you're always going to have. It presents an opportunity to be involved in a whole bunch of different, unique, and interesting things. Because even though I, you know, go to the Capitol and work on these issues, there's also a bunch of different connections that can be made outside of that because of those relationships right. with interesting people um, that I really enjoy doing. So, what about you personally in ten years? Boy, it's just kids, kids and Becky. <laughs> kids. We got number three on the way. It's coming. Well, in. we have the same due date. Oh my, oh my what? god! You guys have the same due date. Uh-huh. This is crazy. I think what we're we technically doing? a week apart, but I'm so glad it's you guys with three doing? kids. And not I mean, because yours was a, a surprise too, right? Yes. Yeah. And and I still is, go back is to- I'm really a surprise? I keep saying this to Emmy. No, like, it was. You know I'm, how this I'm just <laughs> shocked really I ever was. had children after my first babysitting <laughs> oh, yeah. experience. Oh, oh, the lice at yes. Catherine's house. Uh-huh. <laughs> Clay uh, got roped into babysitting my children when they were little and they- Happen to have lice, and they were very, very <laughs> excited about how scared I was of their scalp. Let's just put it that way. I mean, like they knew they had the power. They knew that I was going to be retreating uh-huh. at all costs yep. on all fronts, yep. and uh, they made me pay for it. And uh, it is truly amazing that I have children today. It was so. several years though after that until you? Well, until you have it was like six right? or seven. Yeah. I was thinking at guys... that time I wasn't going to have another one, till, or my first. Till I was forty. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, and you guys don't know the gender, right? So you'll it'll be we are yes, yeah. Becky has Becky's been about that no gender finding yes. out since day one on the first one, and uh, I have now come all the way around and a full adopter of it. Although since we're about to have to do an addition on our right. house, like I did actually think about, it. I was like, do we should we find out do this gender? Need, yeah, so bathrooms, bathrooms. Do we need? That's why we found out because right? at first I was like, oh, we have one of each. We won't find out, but then I have a bathroom situation. So I was like, oh, I'll find out the gender so we can put the nursery in the right room. It's no, uh, still go. Don't. Yeah, I, I was going to say you already did But it, it would make our lives easier. So anyway, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, why, why Why not why be more stressed life, out? Why, why make your life easier? Doing it, yeah, if anybody, yeah, so that, that I was going to say, really, I, we're thinking about 10 years, but all I'm thinking about right now is where the we're going to bring a new home, a newborn home to because we'll not be living in the house. So yeah. It's, Are you in a? Yeah, I mean, we may be moving back in with Catherine. Yeah. Oh yes, perfect. Yeah. We had we just made, put a little back. I'm just. In. Oh, we thank can, you. Oh, yeah, this is going to be. Our kids can babysit. Oh no, yes, wait. Your kids, kids can babysit, can babysit, babysit my baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll just perfect. hang out. I'll I cook. I'm a great cook. I just cook. If you want me to cook, so yeah, that's what I can do. Okay, you ready for final? Okay, final question. Okay, you like when I see you, you epitomize an amazing Oklahoman who loves this place so much and who is made your career out of getting to know all the corners of the state and and especially i mean you're a good wheeler and dealer in the city for sure so tell us your best friend from aruba comes to visit your your best oh. friend from your best friend from kindergarten comes to visit first grade comes to visit and you want to show them oklahoma city and you pick them up at the airport you can take them anywhere you want you have the whole day to do what you want what do you take them to do so so there's there's two things that are going to be true. One is what I'll tell you, and what is what I'd actually do. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Because yeah, I, I think what I tell you is I'd start at like uh, I would probably start at oh I would start at Hatch just because I'm probably not going to be down there. But that's that's where where my life always begins. There was like a period of my life where I ate breakfast there like five days a week for <laughs> like three years straight. Like then? What was that? <laughs> Well, I did weigh sixty pounds more than I, I used to. Say, um, but anyway, it was yeah, it was uh, unrelated as it turns yes. out. But anyway, um, we'd be on just quite of a food tour that yeah. would involve, um, you know, all of my favorite restaurants, including probably Tucker's, and then probably Cheevers and Frida in the in kind of like oh. a descending order, like just right now. But um, in reality, what we would probably do is. We'd play golf at Twin Hills for a long time in the morning, and then we'd end up. Holes. Yeah, we'd play probably thirty six holes at Twin Hills because <laughs> it's it's Oklahoma City's best kept secret. It is, uh, yeah, it's 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 beautiful. It's the best. It's actually, uh, you know, it's some some might some have called it the closest you can get to Augusta outside of Augusta, Georgia. So anyway, really? some, yeah, have yeah, some have called it. Some, some have called it. Some <laughs> have called it. It wasn't the newspaper written up that it way. Was. But anyway. Um, Don't tell anybody. And then probably where you will usually find me is sitting at Broadway 10 all afternoon, just sitting at the bar eating bacon. So um, that's- wow, Free bacon. I mean, who, let me right? tell you how expensive bacon and that's is where all days. the that's where all my work really gets done is the, the at Broadway 10. Do you just like 10. have a seat next to you and people just rotate in? We do a you lot like of, we, do, little, like, we spend a lot of time up there. minute blocks? That we'd spend a lot of time. And then so we'll eventually, then my best friend, Michael Walsh from Aruba, who was coming town with me, whose dad was the manager of the Hyatt down there, which was a nice. great deal. Uh, oh, wait, would, that's awesome. Is he still the manager of the Hyatt? Can we get he's manager of other Hyatts and we've, okay. we've visited him in the past, but I know, right? It's been yeah. too long. We've, we we need to reconnect because I need that. Yeah, the last time we did it, he was at the Hyatt in Puerto Rico, and Ooh, we got to have like a house down there. It was amazing. nice. I know it was amazing, but um, yeah, I probably would cook for him in the backyard. It's probably what would end up happening. Oh, so, that's so much yeah, fun. Yeah, because I, I end up. I mean, I think I make a better steak than anybody else in town at this point. So nice. And, and, 
I never order steak outside of right. Oklahoma City. I only Why would eat steak you? in Oklahoma City. I might do it in Dallas, maybe. Texas, yeah. Texas, maybe. Oh, but I just we had a steak last night that was is typically a really delicious steak. And Jim sent it back <gasps> and said, take this off my bill. Good Where? for him. Wait. I, we good for him. No, we won't talk where, about that, but, but good for him. Was, I, I wouldn't have the guts to do it. He, good for him. And he was right. It wasn't Oh, my good. dad is like the king of that. And so I, I'm with you. I just And I said to him, I go, I just want you to make me a steak in the backyard. Like, that's the best right? steak. Right, my dad, because yeah. my dad grew up making steaks for us. Yeah, and he taught me how, and so that's all we ever. My do, dad's, but... yeah, my dad's such a good griller. But guys, Just what is? I mean, griller. seriously though, as long as the weather's been like it was the last few days. Oh, I mean, oh like, tomorrow's supposed to be seventy nine. This is yeah, it's amazing. Don't I, I probably shouldn't talk <sighs> about the weather on this podcast. No, my we knew yeah, yeah. your well, new client it needs. Well, it to no, be cold. because I want. I don't want anybody <laughs> to know about it. I don't want anybody to know how nice it's been in Oklahoma. So they'll start moving here. No, yeah, don't. they say it's what do they call it when it's a warm winter? Um, oh, I don't know. El Nino? Uh, El Ni- El La Nina? La Nina or something. La Nina? Mm-hmm. El Nino? Well, I know my brother said there's a La Nina, and I don't know what that means, but he thought there's a lot like, of snow coming across the beach. So. I lived in San Francisco. Uh. El, when El Nino would come, I don't know what the difference is in La Nina. I don't know. The other yeah, girl, the boy, yeah. Yeah. It meant there was really good skiing in Tahoe. That's what that oh. meant. Which one was it? El Nino was oh. when it was really, like, that means it was going to dump snow. So I've got this totally. I thought it was warm, was. I got to go Because it comes from the south, from Mexico. I don't know. Well, anyway. We're going to research. Well, so Clay, if people want to contact you, what's the best way? People need to hire you. I was just going to say, you can just email me at clay.c.taylor at gmail.com. I mean, I'm pretty straightforward. (laughs) I don't have have a lot of content. Yeah. If anybody ever needs me, it's... uh, Most people know how to find me. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Anyway, I appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. Clay, this is so cool. I'm really... Maybe we can do part two about... We'll yeah, come up with another issue. Yeah, for sure. It, we'll be say, back. If there are any ever political topics I can help talk about, I uh, I that enjoy be it kinda, because yeah. I don't get to. I mean, part of my job is you know I get to, I have to deliver you know in in. And this is a lot of fun. I mean, this yeah, is fun this to get to fun. talk to you guys about this stuff. And uh, We're interested in it. I mean, yeah. it's fun to talk about for sure. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Clay. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 <laughs> Great job. You guys, I love that. Thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate your listening to these stories. You can find us on Instagram at ActionCityOKC or for business inquiries, email us at hello at ActionCityOKC.com. Action City is produced by Blacken Studios. You can find the studio on Instagram and Facebook at Blacken Studios. Creative services provided by Ranger Creative. Music written and performed by Kansas City Bankroll. <laughs>